0: Now, as I said, Paul is in in prison in Rome. He's not actually in a in a prison. He's been given a small house in which he's he is a prisoner, but he has his own place. And he is allowed to call people together and speak to them you can see the providence of God in that usually a prisoner is not allowed any kind of privilege but he was given the privilege to invite people to come to church and so he has church in his own place while he's a prisoner at home he called the people together and they said to him in verse 22 we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest we've heard about you We desire for you to tell us yourself what you think. For as concerning this sect, those who believe on this Jesus, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And what did he say to them? Well, here's all he said to them. Verse 23, they appointed him a day. And there came many, and he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning until evening. And the dividing line is made. He preached unto them, Jesus, and there is a line, a distinct dividing line among however many people were present. There were some on this side and some on that side. There was a dividing line. as we see in verse 24, some believe the things which were spoken and some believe not. And every time I preach, I see this line. There are some here this morning who believe, and there's some of you who believe not. There's always that dividing line. Wherever the gospel of Christ, I don't think there's ever been a time when a preacher preached to a church anywhere where everybody in it you could say of them they were true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that's not so. There are some who believe not. Even in this small group. But we don't estimate the good that is done by the number of those who listen. If you have, if a preacher has any sense at all, he does not worry about how many are listening. Everybody's invited, and whoever comes to listen, then he speaks to them. And the good that's done is not in relation to how many people are present. And I don't anymore calculate the result of the work that I do by the people who are pleased with what I say and do. Now, I, I know every preacher is glad when he hears that people are pleased with his preaching because human nature just naturally loves praise, doesn't it? And preachers are not any different in that respect. And we love to hear that people are pleased, but we cannot endeavor just to please the ears of men because when a man gets ready to die, that won't be any comfort. Well, I pleased everybody. That's not gonna be any comfort whatsoever In the death day, to preach faithfully, though some may not like it, is the thing we endeavor to do. And if our ministry has only pleased men, it's not good for anything. I want you to be pleased. If you can be pleased in the truth, that's good. I like that. But I must be perfectly honest with you while you're here. And if there's anyone here that's not pleased with what I say this morning, then I say to you, I must tell it forth as it is in this book. And I do that, I I trust, but I want some to believe on the Lord Jesus. We don't do any good unless some believe. I know there'll be some that believe not, but if we're going to do any good, some must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're doing anything that's profitable at all. So I want us to see this morning this dividing line. I'm going to divide this crowd, and you'll fall in one. On one side or the other, and I hope you'll be honest about which side you fall on. If you're not, you're a worse fool than anybody I know anything about. You must be honest when you come and and hear what God has to say. But let's divide the company this morning. There were some that believed. Thank God for that. There are some that believe. Mm. So I want to describe, how do we know a believer? Well, let me describe for you this morning the believer. Here is one who comes in to the church to hear the preacher. Now he's not much interested but he comes in anyway and sits and listens with half a heart. Maybe somebody like that, a half a heart listener. And then during the course of what has to be said by the preacher, all of a sudden that person begins to listen as he had never done before. and uh, he sat up in his seat and the preacher spoke of righteousness and judgment to come and somehow that young man feels that he is the only one there and the preacher looks at him And although the young man does not realize it, there is a question ringing already in his heart, and that question is this, what must I do to be saved? Now before this, before this particular incident happened, he had thought that he did not need to hear And he had thought that he was as good as most people. And if anybody went to heaven, surely he'd be one of them. He'd always thought like that. And so he goes into the church in a a half-hearted way, but suddenly something has happened to him. And he feels himself not to be that person who surely if anybody goes to heaven, he's gonna go, not that one, but now he feels that he is the vilest of the vile sitting there in that place. And after the service, he gets up very slowly and makes his way out and he goes into the company of his friends and they don't understand him at all because now he's quiet. But they said, he'll wear off. Whatever's the matter with him, he has a fit of melancholy here that'll wear off after a little while. And they went away from him and did the things they usually did, but he wouldn't go. And he was in a state of sadness and grief. How long does this last? I don't know how long it will last because there are differing periods of time with different people. And he was so conscious of the guilt of sin and he sought rest, but he had no rest. Something has happened. And then another day came and he went back in to hear the preacher again. And the preacher says, look, look and see the Christ of God hanging with his blood running from his body. There's life and rest for a look at the crucified one. And the preacher explains that to look Was simply to trust The Lord Jesus Christ And put all of your confidence In his blood And his merits And there that young man is sad and depressed and downcast and he's come back in and he hears this that blood is running from the body and drops crimson on the ground from the veins of the son of God. What did he do? He looked He looked not with these eyes of flesh, but he looked with the eyes of his heart and he saw in the distance one hanging on a cross and he saw that crimson flow into the ground and he imagined himself underneath that cross and that blood was flowing and dropping on him. He looked, and after he looked, that great weight was lifted off, and joy and gladness came into his heart. And that's how this all came about. That's the believer He could hardly wait to tell someone and he went directly and told his mother and father. And then he went to the pastor of the church and said, I've, I've looked. And as you preach this morning, I saw the Christ, the son of God dying on that cross in my place. And the burden has been lifted off of me. And so he was baptized and he was joined to the church. (laughs) I didn't say join the church. I said he was joined to the church. And everyone marveled at the change in this young man. That's a believer. That's the, that's the experience of a believer that go through things like that. Oh, if I could just find rest for my soul. If I could find that peace of God that other people talk about and there's a great weight, but then he looks with an eye of faith and God puts into his very soul Faith to, in, With which to believe You see the faith is not ours It's God's And he gives that faith And that young man exercised that faith That God had given And I want to ask you Have you ever in all your life Experienced anything like that? That's a believer He believed Some believed. Now the question is, why do some believe? The same preacher spoke to those who believe and to those who believe not. Same man. They all heard the same words. You're all hearing the same words. It can't be by the power of persuasion, human persuasion, because if that was true, there would not have been any that believed not. He would have persuaded the whole group. It's not by the power of human persuasion as our free will churches are preaching now, if I can just convince them and get them to do something. No, no, it's not by that. There was no difference in the sinners. All sinners are sinners. There's no difference. All these people that heard Paul were alike sinners. There's only one answer to why some believed. Only one. God willed it. Did you hear what I said? God willed it. There's no other answer you can give. God willed it. He will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And he will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. And it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. That's true, isn't it? If any man is saved, it is not because he will to be saved. If any man be brought to Christ, it is not of any effort of his own, but the cause is to be found in the sovereign distinguishing will of the Lord our God. And when I stand before you, I don't even have the vaguest thought that I can do any good up here without Him coming. Now, there are many who dispute this truth, but I don't believe there is a Christian. There is, I don't believe there is a true believer who does not know this and experience that God did it. Men have said to me, if God gives grace to one, he's bound to give it to all. And they say that God is no respecter of persons. I don't know how many times that has been thrown at me. And I agree that God is no respecter of persons, but I take this to mean... That God did not owe anything to anybody, but he did just as he willed with them. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't look at you and say, he's going to be a good one, not going to be a bad one. He's no respecter of faces is what that means. He doesn't look at a person in his financial condition, in his state in life, or anything else. The only thing God sees when he looks at us is sinners. He's no respecter of persons. That's what I take that to mean. That he does not owe anything to any man. Because of who he is or what he is. But they understand it to mean and they tell it like this. That God must give alike to all if he gives to one. He must give the same to another if he gives it to this one. Now the only problem with that is if God owes anyone, and he does. If he gives grace to this one, he owes it to this one. That's what they say. But if God owes anyone, then grace is destroyed. And you only have heard and you only believe because God has come upon you. And I know that's so. I watch you. I see your faces. I preach to you. I preach to you, some of you, for a long time. And I'm telling you, there are some right here that believe and there are some that believe not. I've heard these people that say, God owes someone. I've heard them pray. You ever hear one of them pray? Do you know what they inevitably ask every time when they pray? They pray to God to give their relatives and friends more grace that they might believe. Lord, give them grace. Well, why do that? Why pray to God about this thing? You see, they believe the same thing we do in their hearts. And if men are saved, all the glory must be unto God from first to last and nothing is attributed to the goodness or the power or the will of the creature. Old Jonah learned this truth. He learned it in a hard place, didn't he? He was down in that fish's belly with seaweeds wrapped around his head. And what did he cry? Salvation is of the Lord. I heard someone tell a story once about one of these free will gentlemen got a boat and rowed out to that whale where Jonah was entrapped inside and tapped on that whale and said, Jonah, you in there? Yeah, I'm in here. Why don't you make a decision to get out? And Jonah said, a decision's what got me in here. God has to get me out. Now that's our theology. If a person is a child of God, it may require trials and terrible afflictions to teach this lesson. But if you are a child of God, you will receive this truth, even though it has to come in some hard way as it did with Jonah. Salvation is of the Lord and when I preach I know that and that's the reason I cannot worry about all the results that don't come there are results but they're not mine they're God's and I'm just as peaceful in my heart because I don't have to do anything but preach tell the truth and God take care of the rest of it that's the way it is some believed why? God's sovereign, effectual grace, that's why. And then there are some that believe not. See if I can describe some of these, if I can be used of God to do it. There are many different kinds of people who believe not. Some are brought up in Sunday school and attend a place of worship nearly all their lives and yet they have not believed in Christ and they keep on churching keep on churching go to church and they've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'd swear on a stack of bibles i believe that's the best christian there i've ever seen they're just always in church always having a part always doing something and yet down inside that heart there is always a storm and they've never believed on the lord jesus christ that's very possible a lot of people are in that situation And I feel for them. If there's any way God could use me to drag them out of that false refuge, I would do it. But I know this is so. I know there are literally millions of people in that case. They've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there are those who do well for, we'll say, a period of time. I know a lot of these, perhaps years. They look good But then They begin to fall away It's gradual at first And they give every good reason for their decline. They have a thousand reasons for why they cannot serve the Lord Christ in faithfulness. But now the truth is, listen to me very carefully now, the truth is they have not believed in Christ. And try as they will, and they put up a good struggle to keep up appearances. They just cannot continue to serve Him. Why not? Because they have that love for the world in their system. And they were able for a long time to put it down, but now it keeps rising up and things come up and they have to do things and go places. They don't have time to serve God. What's the problem? They've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the thorns are springing up and choking them. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of good things in this world are choking out the Word. And it's a gradual thing. And they don't even realize really what's happening until finally... gone. I've seen it over the years, over these 30-something years. I've seen it over and over and I always make an attempt but there's not any way I can do it. Read Matthew 13 sometime and read it prayerfully. Read all those, those parables the Lord told about the thorns springing up and choking the Word and and the seed fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured it and so forth. There's only one out of four there in those illustrations. some seed fell on good ground. What's good ground? The ground that God Himself has plowed up. You can't plow your own ground of your heart up. God has plowed it up and the seed falls in good ground and it brings forth fruit, always brings forth fruit and keeps on bringing forth fruit. Read it and consider it. That's the most vivid illustration of those that believe not that I know anything about. The thorns have choked out the Word love for the world some believe not now there may be none of these here probably not but at least at least you're not this way openly but there are those who pretend that they do not believe the Bible And they're called in the world free thinkers and everybody looks up to them because they're free thinkers and they can tell you why the Bible is not so. And they are applauded, but down in their heart, listen, they don't have any rest. They're always uneasy about things. There's probably nobody here. You wouldn't openly say, I don't believe what that book says. You wouldn't do that, would you? but there are many people who do but now if you don't believe it and you're, you're not a believer you are the same as them by saying you do not believe what this book says because if you believe it you act on what it says don't you Some believe not, and there are in this world, those who go very far astray and sin with both hands. Nobody like that here, I don't guess. You just love evil and you do it with both hands. There may have been a man in my office while ago like that. I don't know. I'm not judging the man. Look like it might be so. He wants some, some help had two little dirty children with him. And I want some of you men, he's to come back at 1215, I want some of you men to talk with him. He wanted money from me and I said, you come back 1215, I'll let you talk with some of the men. They can discern whether, whether you need money for a good purpose or bad had those two little babies with him. Don't you feel for them? Just dirty and, oh, my. But I want some of you men to talk with him. And I'll let you decide what you want to do. He wants some gas money. They're always wanting to go somewhere and do good for somebody somewhere. And they're always out of gas. uh, But he may be one we're talking about here and may not be who go very far astray and sin with both hands. But whatever, whatever case there is, they all believe not. Same condemnation. And yet, now listen to me, those who for years are enabled to hear the true gospel and still believe not, did you know there is a greater suffering for those who are who have heard all of their life these wonderful things about Christ. These out and out sinners won't suffer to the degree that those who hear all time will suffer. I don't understand that degrees of punishment, but I know it's taught. Those who heard shall be beaten with many stripes and those who did not hear shall be beaten with few stripes. They're all beaten in in condemnation, in, in punishment, but some more than others. I don't understand that. But I'm telling you, if you've heard the word of God here and I believe we preach the truth of the word of God, there is a greater condemnation coming for those who hear and do not believe. And yet some heard the apostle Paul and said they did not believe. Well, why do you not believe? Those of you here who do not believe, you're in one of these categories that I mentioned. Why, why don't you believe? Well, the only reason you do not believe is because, now hear it, get it now, Is because you will not. Let me take all blame off of everybody else and lay right on your back, right on your shoulders, all the blame if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's your own will. You young people here this morning, you sit here Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday night after Wednesday night and you hear the true gospel and yet you have not believed. You know why not? Why won't you come to Christ? Because you don't want to. That's why, it's your own will. And this will be the hell of hells that you, when you get it there, will have been your own destroyer. There won't be anybody else to blame. You can blame everybody. You can blame mama and daddy and the preacher and everybody now, but there's coming a time when you won't blame anybody else but yourself. You're going to know the truth that your own will put you into punishment. And don't you ever give any other answer. Did you know there are some people who charge God with the fact that they don't believe? Did you know that? It's not God's fault that you do not believe, it is your own fault alone. Illustration, a woman stabs her child to death and they bring her into the courts and she's tried for murder All right, here is her defense. She gets up before the court and she says, I stabbed my child because God decreed it. I could not help it, so the fault is God's and not mine. Doesn't that make your blood run cold, somebody that would reason in such a way Murders laid at the door of God. That's not where it is. Men are damned because of their own sins, not because of God's decree. God is not responsible for your damnation. You've ruined yourself. If anybody here remains ruined forever, you've ruined yourself. And forever in hell, you'll say, I deserve this. And when you cry for mercy, God will answer, I called and you refused. God's calling this morning, will you refuse? I say to you, there is a savior and his name is Christ the Lord and his blood has been poured out to take away sin. And you sit here and you won't believe that? You refuse to believe it? God will say, I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no man regarded. So therefore I'll laugh when your calamity comes. And I'll mock when your fear cometh. Everyone under the sound of this voice is directly responsible to God for everything you do. And he doesn't make you do bad things you do bad things because you want to and you'll be called into account for it one of these days at the judgment and the greatest judgment is this that you have been a soul suicide because you refuse to believe those people came to Paul some believe that's God's grace some believe not that's their own perverse will And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And I'm telling you, don't you sit here this morning and try to blame God for anything bad that's in your life. It's all yours. And He'll speak to you about it. And He'll judge it. And those of you who you just really, you don't have any relish for the things of God, why do you think you don't have any relish for the thing? Why do you think you can go off and do everything in the world without any guilty conscience? It's because you've not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there's a change where you want to worship. I've got to worship. I must come to the house of God and worship. I must, you understand that? I'm telling you the truth. Out of my heart, I'm telling the truth. I'm not fussing, I'm speaking the truth in God. And so I won't divide the house this morning. This aisle, we'll say this aisle right here is the dividing line. those who believe I would say stand on this side don't do it but I'm just saying I'm making a dividing line if I said those who believe stand on this side and those who do not believe stand on this side I wonder how many of you would need to change sides. And there'd be some who would no doubt say, well, I cannot go to this side. I wouldn't dare say I do not believe in Christ. I wouldn't dare do that. And yet I cannot go to this side and say I do believe in him. So I will stand in the aisle. And that's where most people are in religion today, standing in the aisle. But there is no aisle. There are only two places heaven and hell. There are only two kinds of people here in this place this morning the righteous and the wicked. And there is no purgatory. And we all either go to hell because we do not believe or we go to heaven because we do believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you hear this, you're either dead or alive. And I want all of you to go home today and sit down and get you a pen and a piece of paper and you write one word on that piece of paper, you write on there condemned or you write forgiven. And you look at it, just one word, condemned or forgiven. It's all contained in this. Whosoever believeth on the Son of God hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not shall be damned. That's how simple it is. Either you believe and trust the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your soul, or you don't believe on Him at all. He that believeth not shall be damned. Trust the Redeemer. You young people, trust the Redeemer. I've made it very clear this morning. Trust Him. Believe on Him. And I'm sure Paul looked out at his audience and some believed not. And he saw them and some believed. And he saw them. And he praised God for that. And he said to the other group, well, as Isaiah said, you go and tell this people you're going to hear and not hear and you're going to see and not see. And your heart is going to be grossly covered over with blindness. And you be careful about that lest the Lord say that to you and cover your heart over forever with blindness. That's scary, isn't it? It is to me. Well, just like Paul here this morning, some believe, and some believe not. Which? Which is it? Which is it?